Welcome to A Canadian Investing in the U.S., a podcast and YouTube channel focused on Canadians buying real estate with host Glenn Sutherland. Welcome to another episode of A Canadian Investing in the U.S. This is your host, Glenn Sutherland. With me this week is Nick Rattel. Nick is the host of the podcast, The Seven Rules of Real Estate Investing. Maybe Nick, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Absolutely, Glenn. And thank you for uh, putting the name of our show out there, Seven Rules for Real Estate Investing. In addition to that, my background coming into this is the creator of the Seven Hour Book, which is the system that allows any real estate investor to get their own professionally published book in just seven hours of their time. How is that possible? The the fact that you should know right off the bat is that the book itself doesn't take only seven hours. It's the person we're working with. All they have to do is spend seven hours of their time on it. We are spending considerably more time on our side, but that's how the seven-hour part works. I guess you, you sort of get on the phone and uh, spill your guts and for seven hours. Oh goodness, no! It's it's certainly not seven seven hour stretch. I mean, this isn't Tony Robbins, you know, doing his marathon sessions or anything, <laughs> anything like that. No, this is seven one hour calls on a schedule that's convenient for the person we're working with. That's pretty interesting. We're going to talk a little bit about building your credibility as a real estate investor to raise capital to do bigger deals through uh, writing your own book. Let's just let's dive straight into it. Writing a book, how does that improve your credibility? Sure. Well, on that, let me say one thing right off the bat, that not everyone needs their own book. I mean, I don't want anyone listening to this to think for a second that this is first a commercial for my service that I offer the seven hour book because it's not, or that you necessarily, if what you're doing on content marketing is working, that you need to just drop everything and go straight into a book. So let's just be clear about that right off the bat. Then with respect to your question, Glenn, about how does a book allow you to get attention, get visibility, do bigger deals, the idea is that you're building your expertise and positioning yourself in a market. So for people listening to this who might be in Canada looking down at the U.S. and thinking about doing deals where we are in the U.S., a book might be a good way to raise your credibility among Americans who would go into a syndication with you or might be partnering with you in some other respect, showing what you bring to the the table, proving your expertise, and become this vehicle then that you'd be able to leverage for deals in the U.S. Well, I think that certainly the idea of having your own book is one of the ways. I also would say that in addition to a book, podcasting, as you are certainly proving, Glenn, is another very viable means of getting yourself out there, becoming visible, uh, as is YouTube. And also with books, YouTube, podcasting on iTunes, it's important for people to think about the fact that search engines aren't just confined to Google. We all think of Google as being the search engine. And certainly it is powerful and there's no discounting it. Not, Not when it's become ubiquitous with web searching. But at the same time, there are also what I like to refer to as secret search engines. And these are search engines that are not nearly as big as Google, but still quite big, but they operate on different areas and different levels. So one example would be the iTunes search engine. Okay. When you go in, yeah, when, when you go into iTunes and someone is looking for real estate investing and they come across a show like yours, Glenn, they found it through 
much the same process as Google, except they're not using Google. Same thing with Facebook. Facebook search is really within its network and within searching for people, the same as Google and the same with Amazon too, specifically with books. When someone's wanting to find you and your idea, if they're on Amazon search engine and they're looking for real estate material and they see that you have a book and that comes up, that's going to drive more traffic to you too. So I would say to cut that point off a little bit, don't underestimate these secret search engines and the content as a means of accessing them and becoming accessible to those who are using these secret search engines. Whenever I was starting in real estate, that's how I, I did start. I went and uh, went on Amazon and I looked for books for Canadians that were doing what I was doing, right? And like, there's got to be someone who's wrote a book on this. And yeah, it's a, probably a good way to make connections. Just like the podcast, I've met like so many people from doing this podcast. Yeah, and you're off to an amazing start. I mean, with what, 23, 24 episodes so far? Yeah, something around in, yeah, right around there. The whole theme to this is to get a get a search engine or get get on as many search engines as possible, so you'll be noticed in as many places as possible. And probably, ideally, if you can get yourself out there as much as possible and do some like I guess cross marketing, I guess. Yeah, that really is the key to bring people between these different mediums in a specific direction. So if you're sending people from your YouTube video to go to your book, then you need to have your book directing them to somewhere. Or if you have someone listening to this podcast, then they need to go somewhere. And the same thing with physical mail too. I mean, if you are doing mailings, you want to refer people to a website and then maybe from the website, they join a list. So it always has to be flowing in a certain direction, almost like a river. You know, a river may have various uh, currents on it that jut out and different directions, but it all ultimately comes back to the same flowing motion in one direction. So is it, uh, is it kosher to do like a, a call to action, like in, say, your book, they join my podcast, or in on the end of an episode to go right by my book? I would ask you to consider, if you haven't read it or if you have read it, Tools of the Titans. Look in that book. How many times does Tim Ferriss reference his podcast, links, and other materials. So I think that that alone really signifies the fact that you can put not just a call to action, but many, many, many different calls to action, as long as it's relevant, as long as it's engaging, and as long as it makes sense in the rest of the context. Yeah, no, I, I, I love Tim Ferriss' books. Well, on Tim Ferriss, I think it is interesting to note, too, that Tim Ferriss really is a prime example of what we're talking about with content and getting yourself out there. I mean, imagine if Tim Ferriss had not written the four-hour work week, or if he'd never become a podcaster, would we even know about him? Or would he really just be a, what a, a drugs or pharmaceuticals entrepreneur? We could talk a little bit about setting up a funnel and going back to our earlier point, about moving people from, say, a book to your website, to your mailing list, or from a podcast to the mailing list, or in directions like that. Now, is it enough to just ask someone to sign up for an email list? It's going to depend, but in many cases, having that lead magnet, as they call it, does make a difference. But the thing, too, with a lead magnet is it's got to be relevant. It has to be something that the audience honestly wants 
And that comes through asking the audience, polling them, and really getting hands-on talking to them with getting their feedback about what they want, what they find relevant, really what their problems are. I mean, I was uh, just listening, I forget who it is, but I was just listening the other day to a podcast and they talked about this idea in your lead magnet and in your materials of giving your audience a quick win. So when you're going to have this lead magnet out there and this material that does solve a problem, make sure it gives them a quick win, whether that's a toolkit that you give them of different tools, tools in the sense of apps or plugins that they can go to to solve their problems, get that win, that builds and it's going to build their engagement and it's really going to build the value in their minds of what they're getting from you. Okay, so now you've got this list, right? You've got people interested. You just allow them to come to you to do the conversion? Before going any further, I do want to say that I'm my own knowledge of affiliate marketing is pretty pretty minuscule, so I don't want to claim to be an expert on affiliate marketing. No problem. Uh, people who are interested in going in-depth and deep diving into affiliate marketing, by all means, check out Russell Brunson. I mean, he's kind of one of the gods of the game, Perry Marshall, people like that, who can certainly give you much, much, much more information on it. But in terms of what we're talking about here, from my own background and own expertise, what I will say is that, yes, you know, you do want to ask and you can't just expect them to float to you passively. I mean, the only thing that comes to us passively, those of us who are listening to this podcast, you yourself, Glenn, is income. I mean, that's <laughs> passive income in that sense, but you can't expect subscribers and people to your list to come passively. That does take effort. Nick, tell us a little bit about your podcast. Sure. Well, the podcast that we're doing is Seven Rules for Real Estate Investing. And the idea is that it creates a very easy to understand, very simple way for people to learn from the greatest minds out there in real estate investing. So as an avid podcast listener myself, I'm sure you might be in the same position, Glenn. Doesn't it get aggravating when you're listening to a podcast episode and you're not sure where the value is going to begin? And you, you wonder, do I need to fast forward a little bit? And then he drops a nugget of gold, the guest, he or she, yeah. drops a nugget of gold that is just going to revolutionize my business, or is it a little bit further? Or, unfortunately, when you get to the end of the episode, do you realize, oh, you know, I shouldn't have listened to that episode. I should have gone three episodes forward in this particular show to listen to this other one, which would instead have the value. So we're trying to get rid of all of that on my show and make it so that in each episode, you are guaranteed to get seven rules for real estate investing from each guest. So the conversations go elsewhere in the episode, but at the core of every single episode, no matter who we have on, that guest is going to give their seven rules for real estate investing. And when they do it, I don't interrupt them. They get to take the floor and talk for as long as they want on those seven rules. So it becomes a mini classroom within the episode. And that is that is our show, Seven Rules for Real Estate Investing. I don't know if you've ever done a patent webinar, but uh, you will, if you want to watch the replays afterwards, you'll chop it up into each topic. And it's like at 12 minutes, we start talking about this. At 13.46, we talk about this. And so you can skip through and just listen to you know the topics that 
are important to you because... Well, I have to check that out. Thank you for mentioning that. Touch on your book, too. Is there anything else that we should talk about? Sure. The book really is designed to help whoever we're working with achieve their specific real estate goals, real estate investing goals. So typically what we see is that it's many of our authors want to build their credibility, whether that's establishing themselves or getting themselves in position to go to the next level and to kind of evolve from having done, say, a couple of fix and flips to then going to that next level or having maybe owned a couple of very small duplexes and and maybe even a little bit bigger multifamily properties, taking the leap to larger buildings with more units, but they need the capital for that. And that's where the book comes in. So that with that in mind and working within that context, our efforts with the authors are along those seven one-hour calls with them, as you were saying, Glenn, spilling their guts <laughs> in, in, a, in a structured way, at least, in a structured way. And then we construct the book based on that, doing everything for them. So do you do the, the publishing as well? Or do- we are not in ourselves a publishing house. We do have partners for that. Okay. But apart from the actual printing and kind of the logistics at the very end of the road, we're involved in everything else from the creation of the book to the marketing, helping them with that, to the cover design, to the formatting, all of all of those things. Uh, how long does it, what's the turn? It would depend on your goals. I will say though that on average, people we're working with who want to go the full stretch rather than expediting it, because we do have an expedited option, but people who want to go the normal full stretch, usually looking at about four months, maybe five months with the calls being scheduled in with people's schedule varying on different months with all of that in mind, it's usually trending toward about four to five months. If uh, someone wanted to get a hold of you about uh, your podcast or your book, what would be the, the best contact? Sure. The best way to reach me would be going to our website at contentcore.net and you spell that C-O-N-T-E-N-T-C-O-R-P-S dot N-E-T, contentcore.net. Perfect. Well, thank you for your time, Nick. Excellent. For having me on the show, Glenn. Keep up the great work. Thanks for tuning in to another episode, everyone. Uh, I just want to apologize for the audio quality on my side. It was due to my microphone not working properly, and it was using the, the microphone that's in the laptop itself. Next week, we have Jay Massey coming on the show. Jay is the host of the Cashflow Diary podcast. Uh, He does like a short-term rental uh, education business as well. And it's a very exciting episode, to me at least. And after interviewing Jay, I'm pretty sure that I'm going to be buying a short-term rental in the next, uh, next year or so. See you all next week. Thank you.